Tyler, hit us with the intro. Hello and welcome to the Outliers Podcast. I am Tyler, and this is my lovely co-host. McLean. Hi. We we we, we will eventually master this. It's fine. <laughs> Honestly, there's a charm to the jankiness. At a point, like it won't sound like porky pigs are introducing our show at any point soon. When <laughs> That's all folks. Uh, uh, welcome to the outliers. I can't even do the fucking Well, today we're going to be talking about a a different character that appears in the Space Jam universe. Um might... God damn it, who the fuck isn't in Space Jam? <laughs> Apparently there's a Mad Max cameo. Oh yeah, no, it's great. It's, Did it's... Warner Brothers just say we're putting every fucking property we own in a movie? Including Clo- uh, Clockwork Orange and Game of Thrones and It. Um, you know, in a movie that's made for picture. <laughs> yep. Uh, the new Space Jam uh... is incredible. I love it. It's really bad, but... Anyways, uh, aside from Porky Pig, uh, we are talking about America's favorite big blue Boy Scout, the Man of Steel himself. Papa Smurf. Oh, sorry. Wrong. Wrong wrong person. Um, (laughs) Is it Superman? It is Superman. Now, uh, to all the haters out there that are like, oh, Superman's too powerful. He He can't be an interesting character. I will fight you. You are objectively wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's an opinion that you're entitled to have, and you cannot be objectively wrong. But yeah, it's an opinion you can have. You're wrong. And if you say it to my face, I will fight you. Do you hear me? I will come to your house and I will fight you. It is an opinion that I very strongly disagree with because. But me fighting people who are wrong, or I mean, people who are wrong. The people who are wrong have an opinion that I do not agree with, but hopefully, maybe, if you listen to this episode, maybe you might be uh, convinced to join the right side. <laughs> yeah. So where do you want to start us? Because this is your episode, even We're though I have a ton of opinions on it. We are starting from the very beginning. So for anyone who knows anything about America in the 1930s, uh, you'd know that life sucks for almost everyone uh the great depression kicked the country's ass and like poverty left pretty much everyone uh unless you're like already super rich hung everyone's hungry and struggling to get by uh they call they call it the great depression for a reason um but on top of like but but tyler what about what about swing music and uh you know, flappers, the, the roaring 20s. Yeah, the roaring 20s really crashed and burned in the 30s. Um, yeah. <laughs> not top, something we should be concerned about at all. On, on, top, on top of, like, the Great Depression, you also have a situation that's heating up in Europe where, like, everyone was pretty much traumatized by the First World War to the point where, like, this was so awful like this this has got to be the war to end all wars but you know as the situation in europe with germany is escalate is, is escalating and japan is pulling their bullshit in the pacific uh everyone's just like yeah. are we gonna have another war god please no i you know, terrified. You think germany w- would have learned their lesson like i feel like honestly it's like uh there was moments like where somebody's like done uh, hey uh hey germany you know what you know america is getting involved i'm not nervous i'm not scared 
Okay, I just want you to hear a noise and then get your reaction. Because ah! uh, if you remember, we fucking owned them so hard in the trenches with shotguns <laughs> that they thought they should outlaw shotguns. Yeah. But like, everyone's like freaking out now. Like, oh my God, what's going on? Are we going to have to join another war? We don't, please, please don't make us join another war. And the rest of the we were like, we're not going to join another war. It was short-lived but anyway um ima- imagine this you it is 1830 you walk by the news and see an image of a man in a blue suit and a flowing red cape he's lifting a car over his head to save someone's life action comics and this is issue number one so you're like hmm that looks kind of interesting it only costs a dime so i'm gonna pick it up at home and you Read the story of an alien boy who was sent to Earth by his parents to save him from the destruction destruction of his homeworld of Krypton. He's incredible strength and grew up to be Superman, um, champion of the oppressed, a physical marvel who had dedicated his existence to those in need. Now, like, it's crazy talk. Uh, it's outlandish, but it's very inspiring and entertaining. It's we we everyone knew this is fictional, but the idea of somebody who is unconditionally good and exp- uh, uh, protects those in needs is an incredible fantasy and something that you wish was real. Uh, the first issue of Action Comics, huge success, and introduced the world to the Superman we all know. But this isn't the Superman that uh, started off. We didn't always have a big blue Boy Scout. Uh, in fact, the first Superman was a weird, bald scientist who had telepathic uh, superpowers instead of super strength and was hellbent on conquering. That's the that first Superman. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so in 1932, two high school boys in Cleveland by the names of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, they were both the children of Jewish immigrants. So we claim Superman. There we go. Um, but they loved science fiction stories. So they decided to make their own uh, stories with Jerry Siegel doing the art and Joe Schuster. Yeah, Jerry Siegel doing the writing and Joe Schuster doing the art. And together they, they created their own magazine called Science Fiction, the, the Advanced Guard of Future Civilization. And in one of those issues, we have this, the short story Reign of the Superman. So this story, again, it's, it, it follows a mad scientist and he is a telepath and seeks to rule the world. Like, that sounds weird. That doesn't sound like the Superman I know. Mm-hmm. But they like that idea of the character of Superman so much. And they're, they're sitting there like, what can we do with this? So they pretty much completely redid everything, um, redesigned them, made him a force for good. And that's how we got the good old Man of Steel. They pushed really hard they, um, to make it through because their original idea for Superman just kept getting rejected. Um, but eventually what would, would eventually come become DC Comics. It's like, all right, we'll let you pu- publish your comic. Whatever. I guess we'll try it out. And lo and behold, 
that first issue sold like crazy. Everybody wasn't obsessed with Superman. I yeah, like the also the timing significance of America in its darkest moment needing a symbol for good. Exactly. This is a man who The, the, the significance of him also being an immigrant isn't lost. Like, of course, he's an alien from another planet, but he came here in, uh, for a it's, better life I as opposed to being like, annihilated. <laughs> in essentially, like, Marvel-dominated sphere of the world, I don't think people would quite understand how significant Superman was at the time. Right. Um... But also, uh, taking into account uh, Siegel and Schuster's uh, Jewish origins, they, they're also escapees of uh, anti-Semitism in Europe, and their families were. And having this character who is coming to, he came to America, or in, not, he wasn't searching for a better life, but his, his family brought him there to be a better man and survive and live on and that's that's escaping a very significant the, thing escaping the destruction of his home world too yeah this is a very significant thing and it's a, that's something that most americans could relate to because contrary to what a lot of people want to say most americans are descended of immigrants yeah especially it's almost like, like this land up, wasn't ours yeah it's well especially if you're thinking like the 1930s um where most people are either direct descendants of people who just came to America for the first time or people who are still just coming in. Like this is like America is a fresh brand new land for a lot of people. Um, and that's something that a lot of people can relate to. I'm like, wow, this guy came here to do great things. It's kind of like the ultimate American dream. Um, most, no, no, none of us have superpowers, but what we can, can have is unquestionable I mean, morals. Speak for yourself. I mean, I um, wish. <laughs> I, I, I personally, I was just bench pressing a car before we got on. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm but... so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's it's it has this like wonderful escapism to it because you have. You're living the shittiest life you possibly could, because <laughs> America in the '30s sucks. But every time the new Superman drops, drop the dime, you're just like, "Wow, I am in a new world, one where yeah." And even in, trouble, in the great, sorry, go ahead. Superman would would help me. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even in the Great Depression, you could probably afford a dime. Yeah. It, the reality is a lot of this is, is, there there were definitely a lot of people that were like mm, too much i need to eat this week um probably <laughs> probably isn't the best idea to buy superman comics but um, right but we're also talking at a time actually, where like a group of kids would pull together like their pennies they'd saved up that week to buy a comic book to right share and they would re- they would also they would like read to, read it together some parents were into superman like he this is revolutionary and almost 
every single comic book creator ever since was just like, yeah, Superman was the one. Um, ask Stan Lee where his, uh, a lot of his inspiration came from. R reading Superman comics. Um, it's unbelievable yeah, I mean, how influential this man was. But he was he, he even in his Captain earliest America. He wrote yeah. the early Captain America editions while he was serving as a uh, P as a propaganda guy in World War II. Yeah, but even even his earliest um, iterations, though, uh, th this this Superman is still very different from the one we know today. Because th this is where the overpowered argument comes in. Uh, Superman's busted. Uh, <laughs> Superman. His power set is ridiculous, but he wasn't. He like used to have a power. I'm sorry. He used to have a power, and this is awesome, where he could shoot tiny Supermans out of his finger that would punch people. <laughs> my, I'm my not bullshitting you. I can't exactly. My, like, um, my favorite obscure Superman power is from Superman 4, A Quest for Peace. One of my least favorite movies ever, but in that movie... He rebuilds the Great Wall of China with his eyes. Uh, how, how that works, I have no idea. But um, this first Superman does not... He's strong. He's incredibly strong, but he's nowhere near the level of uh, power he gets to. He's, he can't fly yet. That all comes later. But a lot of the stuff that comes... That... Um, it, it, that we that is part of the Superman mythos comes from the legendary radio show, The Adventures of Superman. Radio yeah, shows were the shit back then. Yeah. And I think one of the funny things to talk about too in regards to uh Superman, you know, uh is his like original powers. He didn't fly, he just jumped. Yeah, he jumped really far. He wasn't like bulletproof. Uh a lot, a lot of what we know about Superman comes from, from later, but a lot of the stuff like um, in the Superman lore comes from the radio show, and that's the, what would appear in the radio show would end up in the comics eventually. So I, th I think the radio show is what introduced uh, Kryptonite. Um, I think Jimmy Olsen and Perry White also came from the, the radio show. Yes, um, I believe they did. I believe, I don't think it was his debut, but Jimmy Olsen became a prominent character in Superman versus the Clan of the Fiery Cross, along with several other things about Superman. Yeah. I, the, the I'm sorry if I'm like getting ahead. Cross. The Clan of the Fiery Cross, I think, is probably the most famous story. Uh, I mean, at least in, from my perspective, um, I mean, because it does is one of those things where it does actually go beyond the story itself, right? Because Superman kicked the Ku Klux Klan's ass in real life, and that's an amazing story. Because Superman is an incredibly popular character; everyone uh, knows who. Superman is and there's there's really isn't like an equivalent to Superman yet of in terms of popularity um you have like Batman com early, early Batman comics starting to come up but like Su Superman's still number one by far but Superman 
is also a champ. Again, he's a he's the champion of the oppressed. He stands against bigotry and intolerance. And you know who stands for bigotry and intolerance? The Ku Klux Klan. But for a while, uh, the the Klan is able to like evade a lot of trouble by portraying itself as like, oh, we're just a yeah, can, like good, can, I, can, I, can I, I foundation. Can I talk a little bit about the history of the Ku Klux Klan in America at this time? Absolutely. So it might seem like when you think the Ku Klux Klan today, you generally think a group of rednecks going out to a field burning across, all of them are too fat to fend their sheets. The Klan of the 30s and 20s is terrifying. This was the second revival of the Ku Klux Klan, and they were doing really fucking well. They were anti-immigrant, which for most of the country was a big deal because people did not like immigrants. As we talked about, there was a ton of Jewish immigrants coming from either the pilgrims in Russia or coming from, um, you know, as early as like the early signs of what we now know as German Nazi Germany. Um, and go even going beyond that, we had that the Ku Klux Klan had beach clubs. They had hotels, they had organizations, they had vacation areas, they had parks, yeah. They had money. They had big money investors. Like they were doing really fucking well at the time. And this was for multiple reasons. One, there was a huge anti-immigrant sentiment. The popularity of as dumb as this is gonna sound, jazz music had brought incredibly anti-black sentiment back to America. And because this was one of those rare times that black people are starting to do a little bit better before the civil rights movement, even because mainly the popularity of black culture and things like jazz music um, and the New Orleans scene. I mean, unfortunately, most of this would be then co-opted by white people. Uh, the jazz singer is a great example. What is it called? The Is that what I'm thinking? The most first movie was sound, right? Yeah, I think, I think yeah. that's what it is. Um, they would have a infamous blackface scene, which, you know, of course, very fucking racist because you know, it's America and we can't help but just be the fucking worst. <clears throat> not not to mention that this uh a lot of this popular like resurgence of the the Ku Klux Klan comes from uh DW Griffith's The Birth of a Nation, which you know the Ku Klux Klan is pretty much the heroes of that movie. Screened in the White House by Woodrow Wilson, by the way. Um and yeah, in case you were ever wondering which side Woodrow Wilson was on, yeah, um, they were able to portray themselves in a positive light while engaging in a lot of awful activities in secret. They were portraying themselves and... less like the terrorist organization we know them today, and more like essentially this the stereotype was noble knights of white pride and white America. Yeah, a Which very disgusting idea. Back then, yeah. but not everybody. Yeah. Obviously, not everybody supported that, uh, including Superman. Superman hates. Superman stands against everything the the clan stands for. Oh, but, and uh, quick last thing. In case you were thinking that this was a uh, exclusive to Southern thing, um, the headquarters of the Ku Klux Klan was in Connecticut at the time. Yeah, and they had a huge presence in New Jersey. Um, in Long Island, New York, in upstate parts of Pennsylvania, they're, they're parts everywhere. Of Pennsylvania. 
Yeah. Um, but also during this time, we have a good fella named Stetson Kennedy. I love Stetson Kennedy. Um, because what he did, essentially, was he infiltrated the Klan. So he was able to join them under a fake name and leaked a lot of their secrets. And this story from Stetson really was just like mind-blowing for a lot of people. Because like, oh my God, what is the clan doing? How are they able to get away with this? But a lot of this information was very damaging to the clan's reputation. Cause you see, you see a huge dip um, in their popularity from the works of his of Kennedy. But also, this is where Superman comes in, and his story again of against the clan of the Fiery Cross, which not so it's not a very subtle <laughs> stand-in for uh, the Ku Klux Klan. It's, they're not like technically the kkk but yes they are um so on the superman radio show they were like hey we can you do a story where superman goes and battles the clan and they're just like hell yeah we need new villains yeah, like you think the, the 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 Jewish creators were like, yeah, we need villains. Hey, do you guys want to fight the clans? Yeah, that sounds yeah. really fucking good. Yeah. So there's there's a couple episodes and where Superman goes and takes down the clan and the, u- using a lot of the information that they got from him. And this most uh, mostly children uh, listen to this radio show, of course. Mm-hmm. Superman. But, you know, it was a radio show, so the whole family's probably hearing it by default. Like, what else are you going to do on the night? It's like, oh, kids are listening to Superman. Might as well sit here with them. Yeah, so on the Superman radio show, they're exposing a lot of the clan secrets and having Superman, this awesome, righteous, uh, moral man, take on these awful bigots creates a huge impression, especially on young children who would probably eventually grow up to be part of the clan. Um, so <laughs> Superman essentially did is he didn't like, phys- like obviously he didn't physically battle the clan, but, but using his influence, he was able to take a huge portion away from the clan's membership. And that's incredible. <laughs> Two things in, in general that are usually damaging to Nazis are somebody who is a symbol of America speaking out against them or themselves. Right. In this case, maybe yeah. they... themselves. <laughs> you can go look at the uh, what you call it, the Charlottesville rally, which actually did drain their numbers. It's amazing when you go mask off with your ideology how much people tend to hate you all of a sudden. Yeah. Not enough, though. Yeah, no. Still, they still had too much power. Yeah, but this this is just to show like how much of an influence uh, Superman has in pop culture. And during this time, you're also getting like TV shows with, especially the one with uh, George Reeve, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly popular at the time. 
um, it, it ran for a couple seasons. Unfortunately, uh, George Reeves uh, died um, towards the end of the show. Uh, from it, it, it was apparent suicide, uh, but I I think it's still a mystery his cause of death. But regardless, it's very tragic. Very tragic, and uh, of course, uh, imagine being a, a kid and hearing that Superman killed himself. Yeah, that is one of those totally things that probably did a ton of damage. Right, um, it, did, it, it it did a lot of damage to Superman's not only his, his reputation but also like his popularity. Um, everyone was completely heartbroken by that. Um, but you also have a lot of people, government too, that are just, ah, su- superheroes are too violent and waste of time for kids. We can't blah blah. The same argument that you're hearing for decades about literally every form of media. Um, this media is too gay. Batman cannot. Batman spends too much time around another man. Yeah. (laughs) That was literally a thing. Like when we do an episode talking about Batman, I'm going to take the lead on that one and I will be talking about that. Yeah. Like, but (laughs) there's, there's so much of that going around. Um, they they tried to take him down. It didn't work, but still, like you have a lot, now you have a lot of parents that are listening to that. Like I can't have my kids what, reading Superman; it's corrupting their brains or whatever bullshit they can come up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Superman took a, quite a big dip uh, around then. The um, especially with the show ending, um, and but for a while, he's still around. Uh, he's still pu- publishing comics, and they they did a lot to try to keep that popularity alive. But one of the things that really brought Superman back is the movie. The 1979 Richard Donner, Superman the movie. And I love this film. Yeah, and I also like, I feel like because we live in the age of superhero movies, like, you know, throw a rock in the road and you'll hit an ad for a a superhero movie. like, you know, especially it feels like we've had a superhero something every week, like Logie, Black Widow, Throw a Rock, and I'm sure I'm missing something. Yeah. But uh, this was a bit, that was the first superhero movie, right? Like, I mean, there wasn't like really a huge market for them at the time. So, okay, so Superman, that wasn't Superman's first movie. Um, I think in 1951, George Reeves, uh, George Reeves did um, Superman and the Mole Men. Uh, is I think it's like 50 something minutes long um, and that that was Superman's first feature uh, mm. it wasn't great should we review that for the podcast at some point Superman would, versus the Mole Men I would love to uh, Superman and the Mole Men is really interesting Superman uh, versus Hans Mole Men he's sorry I'm an idiot um <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't seen Superman in the moment yet. Uh, it, it's it's on my list. I think it's you could just like watch it on YouTube. Uh, that must mean it's that, that was the first um feature length movie. But, but on top of like doing the TV show, there was an animated series. Um, there was the he he did like propaganda pieces. So there's like a short film called Tax um, Stamp Day for Superman, 
where um, it was it was a U.S. US Treasury propaganda piece, hmm. getting uh, kids to be interested in um, stamps, <laughs> yeah, and in bonds or whatever. It's just I don't know why. I I, I, I did watch that. Referencing a less cool superhero, I'm picturing that Captain America bit where they do the, uh, you know, the gym class PSAs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, what happens in that one, um, is like there's there's a robber that Superman stops, and he's and the the, by the end of the thing, like, uh, he teaches a lesson to kids, and he's like, yeah, buy your steps for the treasury bond, and then the criminals just like. Like, oh man, if only I had bought <laughs> bonds when I was younger. Um, I, I watched that one in like March and a lot of it's gone from my memory. It's like 10 minutes long, but yeah, there's a lot of like early uh, propaganda like that. Yeah. But the, 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 the 1979 movie is probably one of my favorite pieces of Superman media because on top of being incredibly corny, because a lot of it, it's made in 1979 and the effects did not age incredibly well, uh, it's very it's it's very campy and enjoyable for that reason. But also, it does a really incredible job with the Superman cast, and I think Christopher Reeves. Uh, I, I I said this in my Superman two uh, review on Letterboxd. I was like, man, there Christopher Reeves is. Th- the perfect superhero casting and i don't think they've done a better job since because on, on, on top of being a great superman he's the perfect clark kent to the point where like everyone was like oh how do, how do they not know he's superman he's just wearing glasses it's because the, the the way that works is if you're not expecting this bumbling fool to be superman you're probably not going to think it you might be like huh that kind of looks like him but like look at clark kent he's like he he just got he almost just got hit by a car because he just like didn't look both ways before crossing the street um he there's there's no way this fool this klutz could be superman i also think since he played superman most drawings of superman have been based off of him right um, like, cause, cause that's, that's the image of Superman that a lot of people have in their heads is Christopher Reeves. Uh, cause we, I've, we haven't really talked much about, uh, Clark Kent yet because you know, we should soon now because Clark Kent yeah, is I, I, very significant. I, I I'd also so. like to dip back a little into clan of the fiery cross and some of the more modern takes on it. Right. They did do, um, it was a 2019 series yeah. going back to that um where superman protects i think it was like a, a, a chinese, chinese family family right and i think that was a really interesting i it, I, I didn't read it. I, I didn't read it but them going back to that even now uh is incredible yeah it's weird how it almost feels more relevant now given the anti-asian sentiments that have started in america once again Right, but this is this is Superman is always going to be a symbol for social justice. Um, you could I, say he's a uh, social justice warrior. He is absolutely a social justice warrior, and uh, I know there's like the righties out there. I was like, Superman would never fall to the woke crowd. 
blah, 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 blah. He's always been there since day one, and you just you're just too dumb to see it. Um, I think it was. A I like that your your writing your writing impersonate impersonation is just a Jordan Peterson impersonation. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. just have to do what you do. Just channel like Kermit the Frog, but if he was racist. <laughs> Piggy. <laughs> um. I don't think pigs belong in this country. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love somebody you. is saying like I'm I can't a... be racist against pigs. I have a <laughs> I have a pig wife. Somebody did say like if he ever writes a book, the most horrific thing will be him like describing like a Jewish person or something like that because he'll just end up quoting Mein Kampf by accident. Yikes. And t- and like you also kind of have to tell me you would you don't that you don't believe he wouldn't completely just accidentally copy fucking Nazi propaganda by accident. Yeah, I believe. Anyway, so the Jordan Peterson cor- corner's done. Are you what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, you son. We were just talking about uh, Superman being a social justice warrior. Right, right, right. No, um, Superman's been a social justice warrior since day one. Uh, and you said something about one of the Dean genes, one of the other. Oh, right. So Dean Kane uh, played Superman in the '90s uh, series, uh, and he's he's all just like Superman. He, he's he's like a. Oh, was he the one they had on Fox News? Yeah. He played what a lot of people actually consider is like the worst reincarnation incarnation of Superman. Yeah. Oh no. He, what he what he did was he, he was he was um I I just looked it up because I was like that's I, he 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 was the one who was criticizing woke Captain America. Yeah. And I'm just like, come on, dude. Do you have any self awareness at all? Yeah. Um, no, and they don't. And it's the thing is like. You know, the hero Santa gets repressive systems, which these people will always be a part of. So they have no understanding of how to stand against uh, the oppressive systems when they are one. Superman's always been woke as hell. So is Captain America. Both yeah. of them oh, it's like you have a uh, Antifa super soldier and an immigrant who are representing America as a whole, and also that Antifa soldier is the son of an immigrant. Yeah, but also like Superman, it, like yeah, sure he's like the this big buff white guy, but Superman represents everybody. Um, he he. Like of course he's a white guy, but he's he's still somebody who will fight for your rights no matter what. Yeah, and he's he's somebody that anybody can look up to. That no matter who you are, and I always thought that was really interesting because everybody like how can you not like Superman? <laughs> I'm like I don't get it. Um, it, you know, I, I a, understand that like it, a funny you, thing you, that you was, might, oh go ahead. Like you might have more of a, an appeal to like edgier characters or whatever. He's like, oh, he's just too good, but that's what makes him the most interesting. Because uh, what we're getting, what, what I was gonna get to about uh, the, Clark Kent. My, 
as much as I love the Injustice series, my worst versions of Superman to me are the ones where he's evil. Oh, I'm going to get to edgy Superman later. Okay, I, I will hold off on my thoughts on that. Then. Oh, yes. I have I have problems with it, with edgy Superman. Um, but the, what makes Clark Kent interesting is because he is able to be a regular person with the strength of a god. Clark Kent is more Superman uh, than Superman is. Like the way the way he's able to just like show restraints, but also just like portrays. Clark Kent's gotta be the best actor ever. Like if if you put this dude in a movie, <laughs> he'd kill it. Because the way he's able to sell just being like this bumbling fool, but also like a great reporter for the Daily Planet is really so incredible. And I think our boy uh, Clarky K. Oh, I I regret saying that. Um, Yikes, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't think about how it sounded. I was trying to do a fun take on his name. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> he actually, and I'm going to bring this up when we do a Batman episode of my for my script and that, he will routinely pretend to be not just Batman, but Bruce Wayne, because in canon, they look the same, except I actually think Batman's taller than Superman. Yeah, no, that, that happens a lot. Lot where like it was like, um, I, I was reading a All Star Superman, which is probably I think that is by far my favorite Superman comic. Yeah. Uh, but like Lois Lane's like trying to figure out like, like she, Lois figures out that's or he Clark reveals himself as Superman, and she's like, how did, how did you, how were you in that court case? You you guys were in the same room. And he's just like, oh, I had Batman in my costume. <laughs> uh and i'm just like you know which would have been a really bad moment for him to get attacked by anybody yeah because Uh let's face it like usually like lex Luthor and batman rarely fight for the reason uh, now i will say this batman could take him but without all of his gadgets and protective armor he's getting his shit pushed in by everybody yeah um but uh in in superman 2 yeah the scene is uh lois is like so convinced it's like i got you i know you're superman so she just like jumps into niagara falls and then clark's like what the fuck did i can i do because i can't like just get into my superman costume because then she'll know so he's just like running after in the river just like lois just hold on <laughs> and he like secretly like um just like laser eyes at you crazy like, bitch. <laughs> you crazy bitch why yeah no i but like clark Kent is such an interesting uh new character to think about because uh literally everything he has to do in his daily life he has to hold it back um it's it's incredible how he's able to to like have that level yeah, even of when he's fighting some of his most powerful villains with the exception of like doomsday he's holding back right he could end lex luther anytime he's he wants to he just chooses not to yeah like i feel like that's something that should be said lex luther gets to live because superman chooses he does and, and oh but also like um if, and it's one one interesting example though is um, in in Superman two Superman give he gives up his powers so he can have uh, a normal life with Lois, um, 
and this guy she, they go to a diner and this guy is just like uh, hey hey sweetheart blah 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 I'm, and then he sits in Clark's seat and he's like ayo I'm gonna need you to move this is like a depowered Clark and he gets his ass handed to him he's he know he he's he ain't gonna back away from a fight just because he's um he doesn't have powers anymore he he's he's still gonna like you know stand up to it's um i mean to quote a different movie but it's like kind of what's under the mask you know like it's like but i think spider-man's always like the you know with great power comes great responsibility and all that um Mm -hmm. that is very much also our good old boy Superman is that he understands he understands that he is essentially like a bomb, a nuclear bomb. Yeah. If he wanted to, he could do anything he wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that, that kind of gets like, uh, it doesn't, the message doesn't hit as hard. Cause then he just goes back to that diner later once he has his powers back and then he just like kicks the shit out of this guy for no reason. Can you imagine um, you're just but, enjoying your day you're like, yeah, remember when I made fun of that nerd and all the do- the door swings in and just Superman standing there breathing. Oh, he, this, he, he's he's standing there as Clark Kent. Oh. Um, so what ha- what happens is he the guy punches him in the gut and he like breaks his hand <laughs> and then he's sitting on like the swirly chair. Superman, he spins the chair all the way up and then like slides it this body across the the, uh, the counter with everybody's food. He's just like, sorry about the damages and hands the owner like a bunch of money and walks out. <laughs> Again, imagine that. You just got punched. You just broke your hand punching a man. That would suck. Yeah, but like the, I, I, I love those Richard Donner. I mean, the, the first one was directed by Richard Donner. The second one was Richard Lester. Uh, it, it's complicated. Richard Lester took over because of creative differences, but there is a Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. Uh, I didn't watch the Donner cut. The Richard Lester cut is the one I watched, which is the original one that came out in theaters. Um, but those first two Superman movies are incredible because not only uh, is, do they really like nail um, uh, the character really well, uh, they, they introduce uh, all these characters to a much wider audience and really solidified what it means to be a superhero movie. I mean, Which, I, I'm, I, my, you like, know, my, I think that was like my dad's complete exposure to superheroes because he was not, I am a comic book person. He is not. All my exposure started with comics and, well, really cartoons, then comics, but point being. Right. Because, like, we, we grew up with, like, the, like, the Justice League show um, and, uh, yeah. like, the, the Superman anime se- series and, Batman. Uh, that that's the kind of stuff like, that I was watching. Very quick up. side note. I I think it was like between Teen Titans and Young Justice definitely got me in the comics. Right. Which I think um, a lot of I, people I, our age would probably share similar sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, definitely. Like I think I, t- Teen Titans specifically, um, it was huge. But for for me, it was like the Justice League animated series, absolute banger. I I have a actually. A, figurine of batman from that series on my desk right now i'm looking at it um because mm. that was uh revolutionary for me and that was like what got me into superheroes to begin with um but that experience was had by a lot of people in the 70s with um the that first superman movie 
And one, one thing that I love about that movie specifically is the Smallville uh, part in the beginning before he's even Superman, when he's still a teenager. Um, it's, it starts off, I mean, he has a whole origin story. Like you have 20 minutes of Krypton and Jor-El's and, and Krypton blows up. Oh, and then it, like they send Zod and his gang to the Phantom Zone, whatever. Um, but young Clark growing up as a teenager, he is, he's not, he, I think he's like the water boy uh, for the football team. Yeah. And it's one of those things is that he kind of knew he, like in comics, it's always expressed. He knew he couldn't be on the football team because he tackles somebody, he, he'd murder them. Yeah. Um, and then he gets like bullied by the other players or whatever but everyone leaves and then he like kicks like or gets like this amazing kick and he's just like you know how powerful he is and then he th- this dude runs home uh he, he doesn't have a car he just books it like right like right next to a fully speeding chain train he just bolts. I am now imagining being being eight, just driving on my country ass road and like looking out my window, seeing country, seeing fucking Clark Kent running alongside my car, and then having to and get out like, my. Wait at you. And then I and then having to stop my car, get out of my car, and process what I just saw, and deciding should I tell somebody about that. Yeah, <laughs> he's no, he's running alongside this train, um, and then he just gets home, stopping then- by the Kent's like, hey, hey Martha, hey. Nothing weird. Um, so I funniest thing, I was I was going I was going for a drive and um your son, your son, your adopted son, like one where'd you guys adopt him from too? I saw him running next to the train and I can't figure out if I'm drunk or if I saw that for real. Could you please help me? Please confirm this. Uh that would be very helpful information. But um when he gets home. He has this lovely conversation with Jonathan Kent, his father. Uh, that I, it, it, it sticks in my head for so many reasons. And I think this is the best version of um, Jonathan Kent. Way, way better than what they did in Man of Steel with the tornado or whatever. Uh, his, his death right here is one of my favorite scenes in any superhero movie. Because what happens is... Um, Clark is just like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do, man. I I know I can make a touchdown every time I hold the ball. And he's like getting really frustrated by the fact that he has to uh, hold back his strength. He's like, I know I can do better than this. And he's just like, you weren't put on this earth to make touchdowns in a football game. You You were put on this earth for greater things. You were meant to do better. And there's there's so there's so much uh that about that that really inspires uh that character because while yes he definitely would be a star player if he played football his life is about more than his strength because what what superman is all about is helping others in need and he's definitely he's definitely above uh just playing football and of course, uh, Jonathan Kent dies shortly out of this. After that, he's just like, Superman's is like, oh, where's he the bar? And he's like, okay. And then Jonathan Kent starts running and has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> um, which I, I, I also love that. 
Um, the randomness. I think there's another version in comics where he just dies of cancer. Yeah. I think like, that might that might be a newer interpretation, but I can't remember. I I, I love that version uh, of the death scene a lot because it's just like that's something like even Superman can't stop. There's nothing he could have done uh, to prevent that from happening. Um, like a lot of people complain about the death scene in Man of Steel. He's just like, it's super bad. <laughs> yeah. Do something. You, you didn't have to die like that. And I get the, like what they were trying to do with it. But to me, that heart attack bit though is a lot better because you just get the idea of like, Oh yeah, even this god can't control. Like, and that's what say what you want about Superman. He's a fucking god, right? But it's 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 also like um, Superman has the ability to be around the world, but he cannot save everyone. Um, and that's something that he has to deal with all the time, because uh, man could hear pretty much everything, but he's he's only himself. And yet, so there's, there are times where he has to like pick and choose. Like, all right, who do I save right now? Because I can only, I, I'm, I'm, I have God strength, but I'm pretty limited in what I could do. And then the, there's the times where like, oh, Clark Kent has to be here. Like when they, when somebody like attacks the Daily Planet, right, he's just like, what can I do? How do I get out of being Clark Kent to go be Superman? Can I uh, briefly deviate to a hilarious moment from comic books? And yes, that is the please. time that uh the joker visited uh uh Metro- metropolis and he decided he was going to mallet somebody to death and just so it randomly happens to choose clark kent oh. and <laughs> and he then had and clark kent has to run through his head because you know he's had to fake getting shot he's had to fake a lot of like injuries and stuff but he like was just like I don't know how to react to this. I've never been hit with the mallet. How's it? Does anybody know how they react to this? I don't know. If anybody would know, it's probably Joker. Right. Which is just one of those absolutely fucking hilarious moments of like, just break like clearly comics having a piss for a moment. Comics are weird. <laughs> They're awesome though. Oh yeah. Um. Like but, anything we say that like we're complaining about here, like we like I think you should understand though, we have an absolute love for the this character and everything to do with it. Even even the campiness, like um, I mean I can only I can only put up with so much camp. Like I cannot watch Superman four or three. I can't do it. <laughs> um but I I just I just love it so much uh, cuz it's it, it's it's just so refreshing to have I mean he's he's the original but to have a character that's just like I am a god but I'm going to protect you because your life matters um there's there's a moment in All-Star Superman which again is probably my favorite Superman story ever uh where a girl is uh she's on the roof about to jump because her therapist was late and he he hears that uh the the phone call and he flies over there 
uh, and he's on the roof with her as she she just drops her phone. She's about to jump, and he's just like, "You're so much stronger than you think you are." And he just gives her a hug, and I'm just like, "Oh, so powerful!" Because that's that's the message about Superman. He's just like he like, he is there to inspire I, I, strength. I do not mean to again derail us away from Superman. Deadpool has a very similar art to that, which is also one of the reminders. Uh, Deadpool is a much fucking deeper character, and that should probably be an episode at some point. Um, I have mixed feelings about Deadpool. Yeah, comics I think do more justice. Like that's the comics do a lot more justice than the movies do. Yeah, I I have kind of like lately I've realized I mean, I've been like overarching issues with um a lot of comic book characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mainly the whitewashing they've done with jewish characters oh my god wanda maximoff pains me peter parker peter parker is a jewish character yeah like I, that's yeah. like and I, yeah i mean he could still be for all i know but yeah wanda maximoff is the most uh, most annoying one that's that's the worst instance but um i don't remember where i was going <laughs> yeah sorry but so do you uh um, want to start on our the dark supermans now just for sake of time yeah. um so dark superman or whatever because there's, there's a lot of instances where it's just like oh superman's bad now or whatever that happens a lot what if because the joker killed lovers lane yeah that, that concept or, is terrifying can I be honest? I hate the boys. I think it sucks. I like. I just. It's so. It's so just like a thirteen-year-old. Like, look at this dark and edgy story I came up with. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I enjoyed the boys, uh, but I totally can uh, understand that opinion because that that does how it, that is how it comes off, but. Uh, I think Homelander is just is a uh, he's just like oh what if Superman wasn't so moral as he think he is aha capitalist Superman <laughs> yeah and there's there's so many st- like because like yeah again like the the concept of an evil Superman is terrifying because this guy who's supposed to protect you and has godlike power suddenly turning against you is a really scary thing and that's but it's it's a trope that's like really overdone to the point where it's just like where is the good superman anymore uh, like zack Snyder's superman isn't bad but he do, he lacks like the i, I don't know what to say like about I think he lacks, like, the pure wholesomeness that makes Superman Superman. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's not really Superman the moment you get rid of is what makes him Superman. Right. Um, Because, I don't know, like, there's so much edginess in the Zack Snyder movies. And it's it's definitely not Henry Cavill's fault because he's incredible. I love him. And I also, I want to say, I think Zack Snyder, from all it sounds, is like a solid dude, but I just don't really think he's captured the characters that well. Like, right. from all accounts, he sounds like a really solid dude in real life. Like, 
I had the one thing is Zack yeah. Snyder. I might not, not care for his movies, but I do care for his character because no, there's not a lot of guys with good character in Hollywood. Right? No, uh, like I would, I would work with Zack Snyder. Um, I, I don't agree with a lot of his character choices, uh, but that's that's kind of like the perception that a, a lot of people have. Like, a lot of people, the 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 popular general population bases their perception on characters and based on what they see in the movies because that's for most people that's the only exposure that they have. I so mean, he I, took I the sex offender lot- out. He made a move that a lot of movies when taking. He took the sex offender out of his uh, movie. Uh, yeah. In like spent time having that person digitally replaced. Yeah. Uh, referring like- to Ar- Army of the Dead. There was, um, I don't know, I just, like, I think that's where a lot of the, like, oh, Superman's too powerful, he's boring comes from, especially, like, recently. I think I think that mm-hmm. is rooted in um the recent movie's adaptation of the character. I, Which, yeah, is understandable. Um, and, then, and then he goes, like, full, like, oh, evil Superman in Justice League. And I hate Yeah, it. with the whole... I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, because like one the, you, you have like the scene where he's like resurrected and he's kind of crazy and then they all have to fight him because like that's that's whatever he, he's just like brainwashed or something but that, that whole p- plot then like contingent on like um this alternate like world like you you get flashes of it all the time and it's like oh dark side wants the anti-life equa- equation so he can turn superman and then just like gonna kill lois lane she's the key oh it's so cringe <laughs> Yeah, now Superman's ability to um, the ability to be a good man is what makes him Superman. Um, right. You know, otherwise it's just Zod. We already know what right. an evil Superman is. It's Zod. Yeah, um, and then we also have an apathetic Superman in Watchmen with uh, Doctor Manhattan. I think I, I I always thought that um, character was an interesting uh, take on the on the man with godlike powers granted to him. Um, I think Watchmen's gonna have to be its own discussion, but yeah, um, I again another thing I don't really care for. But I th- I think Doctor Manhattan is just like I have all this power and what do I do now? Life is, is meaningless. What is the purpose of it all? Um, and I, the, I, I really appreciate how uh, Clark Kent doesn't really fall into that because he's able to stay in contact with his humanity. He's able to love. He's able to uh, create bonds with people. Uh, and that's, that's an ability that Dr. Manhattan lost. And I think that's a really interesting take on that kind of character. Of course, in Doomsday Clock, they interact and whatever. I don't care. Uh, that's, that's not what I'm ta- here to talk about. But um, yep. One of the most I, I we have, we have to talk about like the this version of Superman as like the anti Superman or whatever is Red Sun. Yeah, how do you feel a, about Red Sun? I have mixed feelings on it. I like the aesthetic, but then the story does like immensely start be taking hey like left turn like and just left 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 turns like I don't know the idea of. So it's the thing where they depict it, oh, because he lands in Soviet Russia. But the thing is, 
I don't get why he just wouldn't become what he is now, but Russian, because like he has stood up against the U.S. multiple times. I would definitely have pictured him standing up against the Soviet Union. I, I, I first read Sun. I was probably like fifteen. I'm like, this is the greatest shit I've ever read. Um, and then like later on in my life, where like I became more left leaning, like, oh, this is just like, this is just like Red Scare propaganda, whatever. Like Superman wouldn't be evil, whatever. But I, I reread it the other day. Uh, and that's communism corrupts people that I don't think that's what that story is at all Uh, because that that version of Superman still is just like yeah I want to do my best to help people Uh, it's a different approach doing it it's a different it it is definitely a different uh, approach He's like, I am the champion of the working people because I am a communist. Uh, and also, it's like, I, the people must but, need me to uh, guide them because they are weak and corrupted. Right. There's like a hint of that. It's not completely... Sorry, I keep talking over you and I really don't want to be, but so, I, I feel so like me and you are equally... <laughs> I feel like me and you are equally passionate about this topic. Yeah, but um, that version of Superman, he grew up in uh, on a farm in the Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. But as he grows up, he's just like, Stalin's just like, hey, I like you. Come hang out with me and we'll be best friends and we'll scare the shit out of the United States. And he's just like, bit. <laughs> um, yeah, like, but, honestly, like, if I, I, I feel like if, like... Like what? Oh, I was going to talk about Lex Luthor in that universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's Lex talk about who he is. Lex Luthor is a big piece of shit, as he always is. But um, everyone in the United States... You mean States President is- Luthor? He becomes president, like, at the end. But in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, Eisenhower is still president. Um, and everyone's freaking the hell out because like oh the soviet union has this superman he's more powerful than the atom bomb what are we going to do and that sends the united states into like this complete paranoia state where everyone's just like the the, the soviets can um annihilate us any second so lex luther in the pretty early on in the story uh he's just like all right mr president let me shoot down one of these satellites and let it aim towards the populated area. And he's, the president's like, oh, I got to think about this. But you know what? Eventually he's like, yeah, sure. Knock down that po- <laughs> satellite to a populated area. Um, and I think I think that was in Metropolis. Uh, so he knocks down the satellite and Superman hears that. He flies from the Soviet Union to the U.S. and saves them. Because Lex Luthor's just like, I know this guy cannot resist helping people and what ha- Stalin eventually dies as he does in the real timeline and the Soviet Union still like oh how do we choose a successor and they're just like Superman you can be the successor because you've basically been groomed to do it and he's just like no I don't want to be a successor I just want to help people uh, I don't and Batman yeah um and then there's like the guy in a song's inner circle. I think he's the head of the um, KGB. Uh, he's just like, 
Superman, Superman's an immigrant. He's not true Russian. He's a superior man. Um, but eventually, he he meets one of his like childhood friends from the farm, and she's like st- starving because that's the reality of the Soviet Union. It's like it sounds really cool, but most people most people are starving <laughs> and are suffering. And he's just like, I can do something about this. And he, I'm a like, god. Okay. He's just like, wait a minute. I'm a god. I can stop people from starving. So he becomes the leader of the Soviet Union and takes over doesn't the whole world. The world, yeah. He doesn't conquer yeah. the world. Um, he does so well that everybody wants to join them. He yeah. he gets he becomes obsessed with creating this idea of a utopia, which actually succeeds. Everybody in the world wants to be part of the Soviet Union because of how well it's doing, and eventually that is the reality that happens. But the United States does not fall into that. But like everybody in this in in what become like the massive Soviet Union, there's no poverty, there's no hunger, there's nothing. He's doing a perfect job at running this. But then there's yeah. like everyone's just like, yeah, but what about free will and shit? Like I want to. <laughs> then that's where the Batman comes in. And yeah. that I and again always struck. fucking things up, Mister Bats. Right. Well, as much as I love Batman, he does have a tendency to fuck things up in like any timeline that's not him being yeah. a good guy. That that version of Batman is interesting because his parents were actually killed in Stalin's purges. Um and the, the Superman is running this perfect utopia, but that Batman has not forgotten about the blood that was spilled to build that utopia of, under Stalin cuz of course, Superman has distanced himself from Stalin's ideals, but, but like that, that was still Stalin's Russia that you built this country on, and we're not going to let that slide, Superman. That's pretty fucked up. So he like leads this like um, rebellion. Meanwhile, the United States is in absolute chaos because everyone's just like, we want to be Soviets too. And the US is like, no, we're capitalists, though. <laughs> That would and be America, though. America. Like, imagine if every other country but us was like thriving under some mega system that was doing incredibly well, and like nobody was dying. It wasn't even oppressive. America would be like, but like, what about free will? Yeah, I, I no, don't like, want to die. The U.S. went into like another civil war. They lost several states, and meanwhile, Lex Luthor's just out there, um, just like building robots and shit for Superman to fight. He builds a Bizarro and everything like i feel like we should talk a little bit about bizarro or not bizarro uh, lex luther to the understanding where he comes from i guess like what right. why he is i think lex luther is like the perfect like uh foil foil because yeah i'm also yes. looking at time and we just kind of need to move on quickly um so like lex luther's whole thing has always been that like he's afraid that humans will be too dependent on Lex Luthor on uh, Superman, and right. we, he can't. Superman can't exist for that reason. Or depending on the earlier comics, Superman made him bald. <laughs> yeah, but he's also just like he also has a superiority complex. It's like this Superman isn't even a real person. He's an alien. I should be. I I have worked so hard to become this smart. Why am I not? like superman how who does this guy think he is running around in his tights saving people you're you didn't deserve that you don't earn you didn't earn any of that you were born with it 
piece of shit. I also want to, in, in, in the first movie, he's just like, I also want to just like take by the entire West Coast and then sink California to the ground <laughs> um, in a real estate scheme to destroy like the, the West Coast, but whatever. He has, he has his own reasons. Every version of Lex Luthor is different. Red Sun Lex Luthor is an absolute madman who can't, who knows exactly what to do to um, protect the country, but he's like, no, Superman's gotta go first. That's the main priority. But like, all star Superman, uh, Lex Luthor devised this plan to like send people to the sun because he knows that like Superman can't resist saving people. So he goes to the sun and then like overloads his cells with solar energy so he poisons him to slowly die <laughs> i mean like lex luther is an e- evil madman and i think it's um incredibly interesting to have that balance of like this, lex luther is a person but he's he's able to intellectually challenge superman in a way that there was very a comic other- where like I think it's a Superman or somebody else does like tell Luther. It's like you have all this money, you have all this power, and you waste it on fighting Superman. You could help so many people. Yeah, no. That, instead, that, you waste it. it I mean, it's just because it, it's like something like you know, this man has all this money and power. He wastes money on giant space lasers and satellites and like rockets. Like, what kind of man sees all these people suffering and starving and does something so stupid with all that money? Like a joyride to space how dumb would that be yeah uh, i'm <laughs> sounds like a certain ceo entrepreneur that was born in 1964 right. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's really yeah. insane but like that that question no, but, no. to uh lex luther a lot yeah he's just like dude what are you doing with yourself and again i I keep bringing this up but in red sun he literally does that like once he becomes president like oh yeah i'm going to make this perfect society now (laughs) and he's able to like create a perfect u.s out of the chaos of a civil war and he just like but he could have like years ago but he had the key to the country's budget he's just like no superman yeah like He's so self. He he's so obsessed with himself. He, um, and this idea of what Superman represents versus what he represents. Um, contrary to I, I, I feel like a lot of people have this idea that Superman's stupid. He's not, at all. Like Superman is incredibly intelligent, but um, he Lex Luthor is one of the few be- beings that are able to like challenge his intellect it's because i guess because like clark kent like portrays himself as kind of, he's, he's not a, he's not an idiot but he's like a fool um yeah you're like oh i'm gonna trip he, over everything he plays the fool and he plays the fool well right but superman's incredibly intelligent and very few people are able to challenge him like that unlike lex Luthor, who um is is really able to like check him on his shit all, all the time with all, all the things that uh, Lex is able to create, when there are times where like where he's able to buff himself, like make him a suit or give himself powers, or he creates other beings like a Bizarro or 
something, something like well, that. And one of the things about injustice that, like, you know, where he essentially something so horrible happens, Superman's driven to be kind of the dictator of the world. Um, Lex Luthor becomes like again his foil, but more out this to for, for a point where he realizes that he pushed Superman too hard to a point where he realizes that this is all his fault. Right. He's the one who gave the Joker a nuke. He's the one who did all this awful stuff. Right. And I, I think I I think uh, that kind of revelation for Lex Luthor is really interesting. But Superman has like, such a large root, like rogues gallery of very interesting characters. Like I I love Brainiac. Brainiac's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mr. Mixedpitalik or whatever. I can't. I, I I was I was still never able to pronounce him. <laughs> I was I was I yeah. Was, the ga- <laughs> and then uh, his partnership with batman is is always a joy their uh, friendship is legitimately one of my favorite things about comics as a whole and, um and i wish we got more of that because like again we just had batman v superman a couple years ago it's like oh they're fighting each other i'm like i guess they're friends and then like in the justice league they're like kind of buddies but like oh we need i i need to see like them being actual like friends because it, it, it's it's something that like it comes up in like the animated shows quite a bit and in the comics a lot but i don't think we've gotten that representation well in movies at all and it's kind of sad because those two are such a great pair yeah and also let's talk about everybody's rounds um Superman, like his family. You have Connor Kent and John Kent, both the Superboys. You have Supergirl and Crypto and, of course, Lois Lane. Those are the most directly related to him people there are. Yeah, I, I don't think we talked about Lois Lane enough, uh, but goddamn. What a woman. There's, like, there's no single person um, in in his life i think would ha- that would have had nearly as much of an impact uh as lois lane because that mm-hmm. she really becomes uh she's not only is she like in super she's she, she's super independent she's very forthcoming she's like i i am going to get this story and i don't care if i get it but her relationship with superman drives a lot of um his actions and uh something that i i think their partnership is captured incredibly well in the new superman and lois uh tv series on Mm -hmm. cw which blows my mind that the cw was able to make something quality but god damn it love it it's so good yeah uh um but also now i just kind of want to quickly talk about the superboys uh so john ken obviously is his direct son connor ken though is interesting because him and Clark have an interesting kind of love-hate relationship. Connor Kent is a clone of him and Lex Luthor. So right. obviously that takes some time for Superman to come around to that the fact his greatest enemy made cloned him. So he now has to see himself in his own enemy. Right. Man. Such good stuff. Um yeah. I, I I also love uh Superman and like being a dad. Yeah. Um and 
I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up the Super Nintendo show again because I think they do a really good job at that because he not only does he have like responsibilities to the world, he has responsibilities to his family now. So like when his sons need him, where is he? Across the planet. Um, and it, like adding that level of like familial responsibility creates a different layer to Superman. It's like, yeah, he has this relationship with uh, Lois Lane, but in a lot of iterations, like she knows who he is. She's like, whatever, I get it. You got to go run. Um, and it's that, uh, like the understanding of like he has responsibility. He has like this ultimate responsibility. Right. Because it, 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 it creates more of the human struggle for him. Like you, you have Superman who, like who's fighting uh like extraterrestrial threats or whatever but on top of that you have clark kent like oh oh man gotta go to this barbecue but i gotta go fight villain (laughs) uh right now so yikes and that's 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 a thing that i think really does a good job at humanizing him because he's he, like as, as much as he's like a great hero he's not he can't possibly be a perfect dad or a perfect husband or a perfect boyfriend because on top of his mm-hmm. per- personal responsibilities he has a responsibility to everyone in the world pretty much yep um right i think i think that's a good spot to wrap up um right. So Tyler, overall takeaway: Would you, would you take up the mantle of Superman if, like, you were given the choice? Uh, and do you think you would be responsible enough to do it? I think I would. If I had Superman, I if I had Superman powers, I wouldn't like. I don't think I'd fuck around too much. Yeah, um, I, I, I would say on the conversely i would be uh kind holding the scalp of like certain white supremacists as we're talking um i'd very much be the omni-man approach of just beating the shit out of somebody all the time they would have to like go poke around in space every once in a while because like i just threw so many uh white supremacists and assholes up into space nice uh, like what's yeah, walking that's, that's tempting it's like, man, it's cloudy today. Oh no, <laughs> that's that is very tempting. Now that I think about it, I'm like, hmm, fucking with white supremacists. That sounds fun, but I don't know. I mean, I I, I definitely like. I would definitely use my powers in like semi petty ways for sure. And uh, to to people who think they wouldn't, I'm just like. Superman's a fictional character. He doesn't have to use his powers in petty ways. And also, like, you don't see like every second of his life. I'm sure yeah. there's I'm sure there's moments. I mean, we did just talk about one incredibly petty way he's used his powers when he came back to a restaurant to beat the fuck out of a dude. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that was that was Superman absolutely being petty. Like he did not have to do that. Um <laughs> that might have been him embracing evil for a few seconds there. Right, it's a great scene. Uh, Superman Two is good. It's a good mm-hmm. movie, but <laughs> yeah, no, he he absolutely did not need to go beat the shit out of the guy. Our boy downright could have committed murder right then and there by accident. Right, like that dude broke his hand on his stomach. <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I, don't I know. would say like, do you ever imagine what like super? And I know this is gonna sound weird, but Superman's like he because he has to like feel different, right? It's yeah. like you break it. Like he must feel really solid. I just imagine oh, yeah, no, like that. poking like, him would be like poking oh. a steel guard. Like I think one comic describes the sound of um, Wonder Woman and Superman kissing as like asphalt on steel or something like that. Ew. <laughs> oh, I hate that. So, <laughs> um, but like, um, in that's in Superman too. Also, Clark is just like crossing the street like a fucking idiot, and he gets hit by a taxi and there's just like this he's just like standing there perfectly fine and there's just like this massive like dent in the front of the taxi he destroyed that car just because he's fucking stupid <laughs> like he sees lois across the street like oh hey lois and he just like runs across the street not on the crosswalk and just like gets decked by this taxi but he's just standing there perfectly fine while the taxi's destroyed that guy's like bleeding like, from his mouth help me <laughs> oh out of his taxi <laughs> looks at the front of the car and he's like what the hell how did you do that <laughs> I, I don't know how Clark doesn't get caught slipping like that some, more often but like whatever <laughs> he's a fictional character it doesn't matter but anyways I think that's yeah. I think uh, that's a good note to end it though Um, I guess long story short Superman's cool yeah before, and before uh, we... also immigrants are awesome Yes. Do you have uh do you have any uh Superman uh suggestions of what like what what media would you su- suggest people um I suggest everybody read the newer issues of uh, Superman versus the Clan of the Fiery Cross. It actually has some really good opinions on why assimilation could be so isolating to immigrants. Um using Superman talking about hiding his more alien abilities. So, yeah. Um, for me, I would say definitely the first two movies. Um, don't bother with Superman three and four; they're poo poo. Um, All Star Superman. You can watch the movie. Uh, th- there's an animated version of it on HBO Max, but read the comic. Um, same thing with Red Sun. But Superman and Lois, absolutely solid. Still running its first season. Uh, surprise! Enjoy it while you still can, because you know it's a because C- it's a CW show. It'll be for like a season or two and then probably go down the gutter so i would say check out super and lois while you can't well it's still good enjoy it now while it lasts because it's really like the best on-screen adaptation we've had of the character since the first two movies but that's all i got all right well uh see you next time on whatever we do next time